This is The Mudroom, uncommon sense parenting classes with your parenting coach, Alana Robinson. Weekly nuggets of developmentally appropriate parenting wisdom to help you parent your toddlers, preschoolers, and kindergartners more effectively with less effort. The Mudroom is recorded live on Facebook every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. Now, here's Alana. Hello everyone, welcome to The Mudroom, our weekly free uncommon sense parenting class. How is everyone this week? Where the hell is July going? <laughs> I can't believe that there's only one more week. The summer is just flying by, which don't get me wrong, okay? It's, it is a nice change of pace from the plodding along that winter felt like. And maybe that's actually exacerbating this feeling of everything happening so fast. Um, but I've got my second jab now. My whole family is officially fully vaxxed and we're enjoying being able to get out and about a bit more. Obviously, we still have to be careful with the kids, but you know, it doesn't feel like going to the grocery store is going to take down my whole family anymore. And that's, that's a nice feeling. I'm enjoying that. Before we jump into our topic today, allow me to introduce myself. My name is Alana Robinson. I'm a parenting coach for parents of toddlers, preschoolers, and kindergartners. I hope you understand why your children are misbehaving and how to fix it without yelling, shaming, or timeouts. I'm your host here on The Mudroom. I'm also the host of the Parenting Posse Facebook group, and I'm the creator of the Parentability Program where I help you raise well-behaved kids of your own. So lately I'm hearing a lot of complaints about kids who are just making incessant noise with their mouths. Often this is like just nonstop chatter, but it's also loud humming, making siren sounds, clicking their tongue, like making random sounds with their lips, etc. It's driving a lot of us kind of crazy. So let's talk about what this is, why kids are doing it, and how to respond when it's driving you up the wall. So children will often do something that's called filtering. Filtering is something that we all do. Most of us learn to do it very unobtrusively by the time we're adults. A really common example of filtering is using a white noise machine to sleep, right? The white noise creates a filter which blocks out all of the house noises around you so that your brain can shut off and have a relaxation response. That's an example of using an external filter. And that's basically what happens when children are using their mouths to make lots of random sounds. They're producing a sound with their mouth to act as the filter, instead of using an external filter like a white noise machine. This isn't exclusive to sound though. We can filter physically too. Children who tend to like smash things or who are pickers, nail biters, chew their lips, all of those are examples of physical filtering. I used a physical filter when I got my COVID jabs. I use a tiny little bullet vibrator on my neck to filter the pain signal from the needle to my brain. I'll talk more about that in a couple of weeks when we talk about ways that we can help our kids get their vaccines when the time comes. Sunglasses are an example of a physical filter, right? You can taste filter. So when you mix medicine in with chocolate milk, that's a taste filter. Or when you eat like a bitter vegetable by loading it underneath tons of pasta sauce on your fork, filtering. Basically, it's using one kind of input to mask or dilute another kind of input. So if a child is experiencing sensory overload or sensory understimulation, they'll filter to get the right level of input. It's actually amazing. The problem is, is that their filtering can often be a source of our overstimulation. <laughs> 
So how can we combat this? Well, the easiest way is to provide our own filter. So generally this looks like music or a podcast. A lot of people live with their TVs on all day in the background, same idea. We're just removing the screen aspect because the screens can cause their own stimulation issues. So like my son loves to sing to filter and it's amazing, but he will sing the same Mario Kart or Zelda theme song in his adorable tone deaf voice all day long. And I can't handle it, y'all. <laughs> I'm good, but I can't handle it. So we generally have a Spotify playlist playing in the background over our Amazon ecosystem. If he's playing in his room, he has his own playlist that he plays. If we're in the car, I always have music playing. And often he'll sing along or he'll hum along, which is way easier for me to handle than some random video game theme song all day long. If I need quiet, like right now, I give him Bluetooth headphones to listen to. If we're somewhere that's not appropriate for him to be wearing headphones, I either put on ear defenders or I often use wax earplugs to dull the sound so that I'm not getting overstimulated by his filtering. And that's option two, filter ourselves. I like those soft wax earplugs that mold to your ear. I think my ears are kind of an odd shape. Earplugs never quite fit correctly, but the wax ones are just little balls of soft wax that you smush in there and it plugs all the holes. I've also been using these things. These are called Calmer Ear Filters from Flare Audio. Let's see if I can get it out. Ah, okay. So this is what they look like. These are just like silicone, I don't know how to describe this. It's like a funnel <laughs> that fit in your ear. So they just kind of pop in there. Let's see if I can get it back in without too much fuss. Yeah, so they just fit in there and they help the sound not to bounce around your ear so much so that it isn't as annoying for you. I get really overstimulated when my kids are playing or they're whining or whatever, and it's not because it's too loud or even that what they're doing is inappropriate. It's just the way that my ears are receiving the sound. It's bouncing around too much. It's causing a lot of audio input and it's overstimulating. So these things really help. Um, I found a big difference since I started wearing these all day long. Um, ear defenders work well too. My kids know that if I have ear defenders on that I'm just not available. So they leave me alone to work or cook or whatever it is that I'm doing. It doesn't completely remove the noise, but it dulls it enough that I can go about my day and still be responsive to them without being constantly bombarded by all of the sound going on around me. And then your final option is to just ask them to stop or to put a boundary around it. Some kids don't even realize that they're doing it. And when you ask them to stop, they're happy to comply. Or you can put a boundary around it. I need quiet right now. So if you want to sing or to make that sound, you need to go do that in your room, outside, on the balcony, the basement, in the hallway, whatever. Okay, just not here. And then enforce that boundary. Walk them to one of those spaces that you mentioned where you can't hear them. It's okay if your kids get upset when you put a limit around the sound. Remember, the sound is what is helping them stay regulated. So when you take that away, you need to be prepared to deal with some dysregulation. Often you can offer an alternative calming activity so that they can just get back to it right away, right? They can get just get back to that nice, regulated state. I know when my kids are making incessant noise, 
that's my red flag that they need some help with co-regulating. So I'll pull out one of their calming activities or suggest that they go do something I know that is preferred for them that they find calming. And that generally resolves the non-stop sound, right? Because now they're engaged in something else that is helping to regulate their nervous system. Now I don't have to listen to them filter to attempt to do that. But by giving them space to make the sound somewhere where you just can't hear it, they often kind of just go and do their filtering thing. It regulates them. And then after a while they come out and then we go on with our day. So that's why your children are making nonstop sound. <laughs> I hope that gives you some ideas of different ways that you can address it while still meeting everybody's needs and limitations. Remember, kids do well if they can. So if they're doing something over and over and over and over and they won't heed your pleas for them to stop, it's usually because it's performing a function that is maintaining their regulation. So we need to find a container for it, we need to find an alternative for it, or we need to replace it with something that is just as effective. We can't just make it disappear. Thank you for joining me today. If you'd like to talk more about this and connect with other parents, please find me in the Parenting Posse. The link for the group will be in the description. Have a great day, everyone. You've been listening to The Mud Room on Common Sense Parenting Classes with Alana Robinson. If you like what you just heard, remember to join us live every Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Facebook. And don't forget to rate, subscribe, share, and connect with us in the Parenting Posse Facebook group. This has been an Alana Robinson Family Services production.